right, shit. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 154. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, another week of quarantine, and it's getting to me. I am so sick, Jared. What are you talking about? You love it. I you am, enjoy quarantine. You're fine. You're, you're getting I, you're no, done. You're, being, you're playing I'm video of, games. I'm sick of not being able to do anything. That's fair. I, I mean, like, we can't so go to the breweries. Much, we can't do anything. I've played so much Call of Duty Warzone, well, and I've had one win. The most you, well, you haven't played with me yet. We should we should play. We haven't played yet. We should. We'll link, most, we'll link up. The most frustrating game on the planet. Oh, you know what we should do? We should totally stream it on our Couch Guy Twitch. We have one of those. Oh yeah, we do, don't we? We do have one of those. That's from old old school days. But we have one. We could set it up, and you and I could just stream for the. We people. could even just stream it on YouTube. Yeah, we can just stream for the people. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll that. It's a dude. It's the most frustrating game in the world because you can just be, you can just be bopping along. No, I like I, I I don't play video games, but through this quarantine, I've picked up Call of Duty and just Warzone and the team. I've been playing the right Call of Duty player. and NBA 2K. That's been my quarantine. If if the new Madden was coming out now, I would I'd be have it. I would have it. MLB the Show, big miss because they're coming out with it on Xbox. I think next year for the first yep. time ever, yep. and. If they had MLB the would, show right now, I wouldn't leave my Xbox. It would be, it would yeah. be electric. I would be, be playing crazy. every missing, single day. Microsoft is missing a big money grab right now by not oh, figuring yeah. this out. Yeah. Like the Last Dance, they saw the la- Last Dance saw their opportunity. They were like, "All right, let's drop this thing now." And the Last Dance is on the list of things I want to talk about because the Last Dance, the episodes three and four, oh, wild, <laughs> so great. That is so hey, great. First of all, I didn't know Dennis Rodman dated. Uh, Carmen Electra. Electra. I I didn't know I didn't know Dennis Rodman was like okay to vacation in the middle of the season. Like, <laughs> it was just crazy. Imagine if right now we had uh, just who is it? Let's say let's even say Kyrie. Just what about, for Draymond, the, what about Draymond Green? Draymond Green's like that kind of a guy. Like same. Oh, level I don't think trip. anybody's like Dennis Rodman. Well, I know, but he's like on that level of like popularity. Okay, yeah, I can live with that. If Draymond Green went to Vegas in the middle of the season. And just like, or I like the Kyrie Irving example because literally it's like, hey, coach, uh, the earth's flat. I'm not feeling it today. Uh, my teammates suck. I need a couple weeks. Right. Like if, so, yeah. That's the thing. Like if, Unlimited if, PTO. Out. Bye. If Kyrie just decided to just, just go on vacation midseason, we would be so mad. We would be so pissed. But Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman's the kind of guy, too. If he was, if he was playing now and he said that, I think we might even be like, Okay, you know that's fine. You can Seriously. you can go do your thing, <laughs> but we're gonna talk about the last dance more. It's episodes three and four. I said this last week. Episode one I thought was boring. I was a little out on it. Episode two definitely got better. Three and four has been exactly what I thought this documentary was going to be. And I've seen some people on Twitter complaining about it jumping around. I like that it's jumping around. It would probably be boring if it was just straight, like, chronological well, order. Well, I think I think some people were expecting it to be straight chronological order because it was the idea of, like, documenting that last dance, right? But I love it because it's really – it's a documentary on the last season, yes, but it's also giving you a history of basically the entire dynasty, which is sick. Like, it's giving you background on each each big part of the dynasty, like, the how they got into it. Like, we were watching the old – like, this, like three and four were big on when Rodman was on the Pistons. 
Like, that's awesome. Because Jordan getting over the that's Pistons true. and There's beating a, them. This documentary like, has a ton of Dennis Rodman from his time on three different teams. Yeah, because him, the Pistons days are what made him for what he was. That's how he got into the league and, like, became that enforcer. And then once he left the Pistons, he became psychopath Dennis Rodman because everyone allowed him to be what he was. But, like, Dennis Rodman winning a championship with the Pistons and Michael Jordan not beating him and then them joining forces is a great story that no one really ever really remembers. And them doing it in detail is awesome. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk more about the – Last Dance really focused a lot about Dennis Rodman in these uh, last two episodes. Really sad life, um, or just just there were some sad stories about Dennis Rodman, which you know you would you would expect that, but it was it got deep. It was a it was a yeah. very good episode three and four. So let's get into the weekly dump. Patriots fullback James Devlin sad retires, hitting the patch with a huge blow. I mean, the, the two seasons that in the past, so he's gotten hurt season ending for two out of the past three seasons, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three years ago, I think it was a broken leg. And then they win a Super Bowl. And then in the third season, it was the neck injury from last year. And he cited the neck injury as a main reason why he there was, was like complications. There was like complications for him. From yeah. It, yeah. There is not another fullback like James Devlin. Well, you saw the impact last year. Like as soon as he went out last year, like you saw what his impact is on the run game, especially both, like both seasons. It's nuts. You saw, you see the impact when he's not there. So they have a hole to fill for sure, but they did draft a fullback, didn't they? Or they, they signed a fullback. So like, well, they've also got Jakob Johnson still on the team. Yeah. So they, they clearly probably saw this was coming or they had a gut feeling that might happen, but it's still a blow because you saw what it was last year without him at the run game. And Sony Michelle clearly missed him having him around to give him a nice big fat hole to run through. Um, so So, I'm in Sony Michelle's a product of his offensive line too. This is true. Yeah. And I think that improving that is going to help him. But um, I, I, it's a big hole for sure. And it's, it's a tough loss because, I mean, you and saw Belichick's statement on Devlin. It, it was just ultimate praise. It's insane. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, ESPN is reportedly inching closer to a deal, which is hilarious, that would allow them to broadcast South Korean baseball games. Well, I'll watch it. Look, at this point, at this point, I'm watching South Korean baseball. You might, I gamble. you might gamble on South Korean baseball. Oh, hell this yeah. Season. Hell yeah. As long as Twin River, as long as Twin River gets these lines, which they might already have checked. But if I'm watching these games, you better believe I'm gambling on them. South Korean baseball and ESPN, sign me up, pal. The NBA is eyeing May 8 to open up facilities for individual workers. Massachusetts actually extended the uh, stay-at-home advisory and the non-essential business closure until May 18th. That was today. Charlie Baker announced that. Uh, so NBA opening up facilities May 8th, no group play or coaches allowed and no more than four people in the building at one time. So really you can go in there and shoot around, which I mm-hmm. guess Jason Tatum just got he a basketball hoop. He hasn't had a basketball hoop. Dude, you're in the NBA. You have a basketball at your house. How does, yeah. And how do you not like it's, it's been quite a while now. It's been what a, a little over a month since they stopped the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we, what, what you didn't order one before this? You're Jason I would Tatum. Order one right you get one. Yeah, you can. Someone will give you one. Like, yeah. no one's send gonna make somebody, you pay for it. Send somebody from the Celtics organization to go pick up a basketball hoop. Call Danny Ainge. Hey, man, I need a basketball hoop. Can we get? Can we get one here? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know what the hell he's been doing. Um, the Saints and Jameis Winston coming together on a one-year deal. The Saints now sit with Breeze, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston on their QB death chart. Uh, depth chart, not death chart. Uh, it might be death chart. Who knows? NFL. I actually didn't write anything about the NFL draft in the weekly dump. 
But just going back to it, uh, wild news with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers, with their first round pick, drafted Jordan Love. Love it. Yeah, this is it. I can't. I'm so excited. This is a huge quarterback what controversy down guys, Green Bay. I love it. What are you doing? You signed Jordan. You have one as much as I hate the Aaron Rodgers compared to Tom Brady conversation because it's not even close at this point. I, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is wildly talented. You still have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you're not instead of drafting him a weapon in a draft that is one of the deepest that we've seen in a long time when it comes to receivers. And your first pick is Jordan Love. You basically picked Aaron Rodgers' successor. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And I, I mean that's. It. Like that's a that's a huge shot at Aaron Rodgers, first of all, and especially when Aaron Rodgers is talking on the Pat McAfee show, or at least talking to Pat McAfee, and says that he hopes that he would like to to see the team draft a skill guy so he can throw to him. Like, what are you guys doing? Do you want to win football games, or are you just they they are preparing already for Aaron Rodgers to to leave? Oh, hundred percent, wild pick, massive. It's it's literally the Brett Favre situation 2.0. Like, it's hundred percent what it is. It didn't make any sense. Uh, Tua off to Miami, which is sad. I, I, Miami, I, I did not want them to go for Tua because I think Tua is going to be very good in the NFL. So he is now in the division, Miami Dolphin. Jake Fromm uh, as well. Jake Fromm, Buffalo Bills. Very late. Very late. Wild We're going to talk about the Patriots not drafting quarterback uh, later on and what I think Jacob Fromm has specifically to do with the Patriots not drafting a quarterback. Jake, Jake Fromm's going to beat out Josh Allen. Just saying. Jo- oh yeah. I don't think Josh Allen's not good. Josh no. Allen has ended at, at the bottom of the league when it comes to percentage completion percentage, uh, mm-hmm. his first two seasons. Um, Joe Burrow obviously went to the Cincinnati Bengals. So there was no surprise there. The draft overall, how did you, did you like the virtual draft? I liked it better than the non-virtual draft, I, to I be honest. I did, too. But you know what the one thing I didn't like? By, like, round three, I got so sick of the fans behind Roger Goodell. Oh, yeah. That was awful. The boom eater and all that stuff. And, like, Roger Goodell, like, sitting in the recliner with his M&Ms. Oh, got to sit down in my recliner where I watch all my NFL football. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, Suck it, Roger. It, it, for the first round or two, I was fine with the fans. But then as it just kept going, I was like, all right, guys, can we just relax? But, but to be fair, though, like the biggest reason why I liked it more, I think, than the right, which they won't change it. They're going to go back to the because it's too much oh, money. Yeah. Grab. But like, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you saw into the players homes like they were at home on the couch with their families. And you saw it a little more in depth of what their reactions were at home and like where these people lived. You saw the setups of all the coaches and the GMs like you see Cliff Kingsbury's house, like sitting there with like the grass in the in the background and like the, the gorgeous living room, like insane house. And then you see like Bruce Arians just chilling like on his whatever that was outside in Tampa. And you, like you don't get that ever. So like to, to be able to see that kind of glimpse, too, it was kind of cool. And the Orioles, sad news, Orioles Trey Mancini reveals that he has stage three colon cancer and that he'll be, he will be out for the 2020 season if there is a season. Uh, so, you know, prayers out to Trey Mancini. Before we keep going on the show, guys. With the free agency period done, with the NFL draft done, in no live sports on TV, there is an increasing excitement around this year's NFL draft. The NFL draft, which already happened, it's all about new beginnings, guys. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here to give your balls a new beginning. I am talking about ball hair trimmers, baby. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for the family jewels. 
Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. There's nothing better than finding a diamond in the rough in the fifth round. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 will help you find that in yourself. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Talked about it a million times now. It's probably my worst and best manscaping story. You know, you're clipping down there. When I was younger, I was stupid. I thought that you had to use scissors to clip down there. Turns out, boom, I clipped the nutsack. Not great. You know where that doesn't happen? You know what you can use so that does not happen so you don't clip the nut, clip the nutsack? Use the Perfect Package 3.0. Use the lawnmower. Guys, it's that easy. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body hair trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. And of course, guys, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver. This is one of Jared's favorites. An anti-chafing ball deodorant and mm. moisturizer. You mm. already put deodorant on your armpits, right? You fucking animals. Put it on your balls, too. It's the smelliest part of your body. Subscribers get a new replacement blade. Refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmers always stays, stays fresh and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is the perfect package for your franchise quarterback. Get 20% off with free shipping with the code, new code, guys. Not Couch Guy anymore. Now it is Couch Guy 20 C-O-U-C-H-G-U-I 20, the number 20. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Again, guys, get 20% off with free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code COUCHGUY20. Manscaped is the best when it comes to the men's grooming. Get yourself the Joe Burrow of trimmers, the lawnmower 3.0. All right, real quick, let's get into the last dance. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, Really good episodes three and four. The whole Dennis Rodman aspect I thought was great because Dennis Rodman is such an interesting character. One of my favorite things that I, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who thought this. So Dennis Rodman's yellow hair with the black things in his hair, the black yep. hair dye. Forever I thought that was cheetah print. Turns out that was supposed to be 33 for Scottie Pippen. I mean, he shouldn't have done it. The way he did it was weird because they did it like this way, like yeah. front to back. He should have just done it side to side, and he didn't. Oh, it's so funny. But now that I looked at it closely, I'm like, oh, he's he was for Scotty. Okay, that makes it. They look like 33s now that I'm looking at it like that. But it could have been done better. Oh, yeah, for sure it could have been done better. We but all thought it was whole, cheetah print, too. The whole aspect surrounding Dennis Rodman, I, it's in a very important part to this to the dynasty just to talking about the 90s Bulls and the Michael Jordan Bulls because Dennis Rodman, he shows up not only when he's just with the Bulls, but the 89 team when they're playing the Detroit Pistons, Dennis Rodman's on that team helping the Pistons kick the piss out of Michael Jordan. Well, on they, the they, that, they, he won the championship with the Pistons. Like he yeah. was on, he, they won that year. So that, that dynamic is crazy to me. And then you look at, I didn't realize how big of a baby I guess he was because when that year that the last year that Pippen sat out for a while, um, it was Michael and Robin, and eventually they figured out like Robin was like, I, he, Mike needs me, let's do it. Like they were the dynamic duo that year when they started winning again. And then Pippen came back because Pippen was like, well, I need I need to play. Like I'm gonna play. And then Robin was like, oh yeah, well now 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 I'm kind of on a third wheel, and that's when he needed his like vacation. <laughs> like like he. <laughs> 
<laughs> the vacation. Unreal. So like like I said, I had no idea that he dated Carmen Electra. I mean, I, uh, I didn't I didn't focus too still, much. By the way, she's still looking good. Oh, un unbelievable. Unreal. I don't know what happens in LA, but like they just don't change the way they look. No, they don't age. It's kind of crazy. It's it's crazy. It is crazy. They just she looks the she looks almost the exact same as she did 20 years ago, which is yeah. bananas. Nuts. But the the Dennis Rodman aspect, I mean, him taking a two day vacation, going to Vegas in the middle of the season. I mean, just just the thought of how athletes are now compared to what they were back then. Like Dennis Rodman smoking cigars. Like there was that story that they told when uh, Dennis Rodman got ejected from a game and then he knew that he screwed up. So he went up to Michael Jordan's room and asked him for a cigar. And Michael was like, that was his way of saying, yeah, that was his way of saying, I'm sorry. Um, But just back then, like, you don't, you don't talk about like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown smoking cigars together. Right. Cause at this point, like you look at guys smoking cigars mid season, you're like, what guys, what the hell are you doing? You got to stay in game shape. Like you're not baseball players. Yeah. You have to stay in absolute game shape. Whereas Michael scored like a cigar, like literally after every game. Yeah. Yeah, and that just doesn't happen anymore. Like we, and then they, some people, some people even give LeBron shit for drinking wine as much as he does because he's an, seriously. I mean, Le, LeBron might be an alcoholic. He drinks a, a ton of wine. <laughs> okay, you're not an alcoholic if you don't negatively affect anybody. So, <laughs> well, well, that's the definition. That's the definition. Maybe. Is that the definition of an alcoholic? You have to like, if you're an alcoholic, you have to like negatively affect you or someone else's life. So if you just drink all the time and you don't negatively affect anybody, you're, you're not technically not. You're technically not an alcoholic. Quite absurd rule. <laughs> I There's loopholes in that, time. too. I can be drunk all the time and be like, you know, guys, I'm not an alcoholic. What have I done to your lives? Nothing. I mean, if you're drunk all the time and you're not working, that's negatively affecting your life, which means you're an alcoholic. That's true, I guess. You can be happy-go-lucky uh, and positive and still negatively affect you by not having a job and living on the streets. That's called an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, I guess. So the Pistons, um, one of my favorite parts of these of this weekend's two episodes was the Jordan rule with the Detroit Pistons. And it was literally just Jordan gets on the floor, kick Hit his him. ass. Hit him. <laughs> Do not let him take flight. That was that was the words that they used. Do not let him get in the air. Because imagine having that that attribute. Like if you let this player get up in the air, you're done. You're Nobody's fine. gonna stop. You can't fight yeah. this guy in the air. <laughs> you gotta keep him on the ground. That, that's a, that was that was how the Pistons thought though. Like it was a uh, we need to fight everybody, so we can't let Michael get in the air because he's too good in the air. But we can also can't hit him in the air. We can't beat him up in the air. We can't we can't arm check him in the air. So keep him on the ground. It, watching Michael Jordan be able to battle through that stuff, get hit, get hurt, and still get up and be the greatest player in the NFL, that spoke volumes to me about how yeah. good this guy was and. You want to talk about, and I'm I'm still seeing people who are still defending LeBron James being the best, the greatest of all time, which fine, whatever. But LeBron would not last in 1980s NBA, especially against the Detroit Pistons. This guy left the game due to a leg cramp, a leg cramp. You think if he went in and played against the 1980s Detroit Pistons and they had the LeBron rule, you think that he would still put up the same numbers? Well, you think about the definition— well, well he, LeBron puts up a lot of his numbers because of the ticky-tackness of the league now, too. So, like, yeah, and, like, don't get me wrong. I think LeBron's a physical specimen, and he can handle a beating, right? Like, I just don't think he gets it. I do, but, too. I think he's the second greatest of all time. But would he be able to do it on a consistent, like, nightly basis if he got beat up so much? Like, people talk about him, like, resting and needing the, needing the 
you know, the nights off, things like that. Back then, he would have needed like a week off because they just came after you back then. And the Pistons even said it in the in the in the um, in the series, like they basically said, like it's not like the these days where you know they keep track of the stars and they make sure the stars stay healthy and the like, reps protect like, the stars. The reps protect the stars. He's like they all said it, like it's not like that back back then. Back then it was everyone's fair game. It doesn't matter. The refs didn't care about the NBA's agenda back then. And now it's because even back then, like you knew it. And they said it. Michael was the next guy. It was Larry Magic, and the NBA needed Michael Jordan to succeed. And that's what made the league what it is now because MJ finally succeeded. But the Pistons were like, screw that. Like, that's not – he's not even close. And that's why the Pistons took so much pride in knocking him off that pedestal back then. And it just it just spoke volumes to again just Michael Jordan as the player because he was able to take that beating and not many people would be able to take that beating and still put up the numbers that this guy was putting up and still continuously being the greatest basketball player in the league and on his way to being the best of all time. And yeah, like now you look at guys, you look at the stars of the league, when they got hit, when they get breathed on, the refs call a foul. They did not do that for Michael. He was getting his ass kicked, and he's losing the ball, and that's it. It's gone. Yeah, and 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 there was still a situation when, like back then, Michael, like you said, got his ass kicked. He came back and still was able to win these games and play hard and and get off the ground and fight and not react. And like as soon as you do that, they they the Pistons even said it. We were screwed. He, he we he knew then he was the greatest because he could take our beating and still have a good game. Like I'd be terrified if I was playing the Pistons and I heard, oh, they've got the Nick rule. And they just God. beat the fuck out of me. Yeah, Nick will <laughs> keep him on the ground. Yeah. And the fact, the I, fact that, I wouldn't play. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, guys, you know what? Okay. I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to go to yep. the locker room. The one thing that, for me, that separates MJ that and Jordan, I mean, and LeBron that we discovered in this these two episodes, too, is that he couldn't beat the Pistons, right? And it's almost similar of, like, LeBron couldn't beat the Celtics earlier on by himself when he was in Cleveland. Like, Garnett Gaze, like, just always got through to him. Jordan literally had all the personal accolades in the world. MVP, all-star MVP, rookie of the year, hit everything. Defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, literally everything. But he hadn't won yet, and he was pissed about that. The Pistons were in his way. They were the only – they got him to go to the gym and lift and gain weight. He didn't care about that before. He was never one to go lift weights. He was a scrawny dude who just was super athletic and could do everything in the world. But because he couldn't keep up with the Pistons and because he wasn't strong enough, that's the reason why Mike put on weight. And became even more successful because the Pistons kept beating him up. So if the Pistons never beat him up, Michael Jordan never gains weight. And who knows how long he lasts in the league. But because he put that weight on, that helped him even prolong. I don't think LeBron does that now. Like if a team beats him up, LeBron's jacked as it is. But like LeBron isn't going to the gym because of a specific team. LeBron isn't going to the gym because the Celtics. LeBron's leaving and playing with Dwayne Wade because of the Celtics. There's a difference. Right. He's he's leaving his team and he's going to build a big three. An insane big three with Dwayne Wade and with Chris Bosh. It's just it's just such a different league. And I, I and I I tried to have this argument with somebody that I know who's a little bit younger, who, you know, the generation below us, like I'll put it this way, this this, this guy's a Celtics fan, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a LeBron t-shirt. The generation below us, they 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 are big fans of LeBron James. Our generation that grew up with the Celtics hating LeBron James, that grew up with the Celtics playing the Miami Heat, nobody would be buying a LeBron James jersey if you're a Boston Celtics fan. We, no, and we're still. Our generation none of us are still. Does none of us not still are. like LeBron James. No, I hate LeBron James. I honestly do. Like I give him credit that he's the second best of all time. Like I'll give him that. But 
I'm not going to be like one of these guys like back then. If I was a Pistons fan, I wouldn't have bought a Jordan jersey, right? Like no, no one would have done it. I'm the same way now with LeBron, but I give him credit. Everybody else outside of Boston loves LeBron, loves LeBron. Everyone in Boston says, F you LeBron. And everyone still compares him to the person he was back when he was a bitch with the, when he was playing with the Cavs against the Celtics. That's still the, who he is in my head. Like he's an asshole. He can't win. He sucks. Like all this stuff. I know he can win, but he always needed help. LeBron is yet to win by himself. And that that's a big thing for me. Jordan, yeah, he had Pippen, but he Jordan was the guy on those teams. Yeah. Yeah. And you can you can't even really link like Dennis Rodman was great, but at what he like Dennis Rodman wasn't a scorer. Dennis Rodman's best attribute was defense and it was rebounding. Mm-hmm. Like it was Michael and it was Pippen. That's it. And that's how they had to win basketball games. And the league I thought was much more balanced back then, too. Like now, in 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 again, I was having this argument the other day. It was this person said that, oh, well, LeBron, it was impressive a couple years ago when he took his team all the way to the finals when it was just him. And I was like, yeah, but think about this. Who do you have to go through? The East was so bad. That was a joke. The East sucked. He oh, he, he had he, to he could like he could take a month off and still get and be up by like ten games from number one seed. Yeah, like it was a joke. Rookie Jason Tatum took him to the to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. So no, it wasn't really that impressive to me. Michael, it just it, Michael Jordan is this this documentary is just showing how tough and how resilient that guy was. Mm-hmm. Electric. And by the way, my last note before we move on. Young Phil Jackson is the most obvious acid guy in the world. And the fact that, they, I mean, they said he did it, but like, dude, he was the rebel back then. He was a hippie, all this stuff. And like, it was Loved great. The fact that he showed up, the fact that the first Bulls interview he ever had when he didn't get the job initially showed up in like a plaid shirt, jeans, like probably in flip flops and like just probably high out of his mind for his NBA interview. Fantastic Phil Jackson stuff right there. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just the most obvious acid guy in the world. As oh, yeah. soon as I said that, I was like, all right, that makes sense. Especially back then, it, it, he looks like he is. All right, so let's talk NFL draft. This is something you really wanted to talk about. The NFL draft, hey, night one, I want to say this. I was so mad. I do not like watching the NFL draft. I get so bored. But you know, it's different this year for the Patriots. You lose Tom Brady. There's a lot of talk about the Patriots trading up, maybe going after Tua. So I was interested. I'm sitting there watching this thing drag on. I'm seeing on the bottom corner of the screen, pick is in. And I'm still watching freaking Trey Wingo and these guys just sitting there talking and talking yep. and talking. I was like, guys, the pick is in. Just announce it. That's why go. I kept going to Twitter. Like, I, I wanted to know. So I was like, I'm just going to go to Twitter and see who they picked. Like, that's it. Like, because Twitter told us, like, and five was, hours before. It, it was just so long, and it was it was just dragging on. And then finally, finally, we get to Bill Belichick. We get to the Patriots pick. He trades it. <laughs> I almost killed myself right then and there. Are you surprised? Come on now. I know, and that's the that's the shitty thing. I wasn't surprised, but it still <laughs> sucked because I sat there and I was like, all right. Come on, Bill. Let's make a pick. Let's take somebody in the first round that's going to get me excited. And then he trades out of it. I couldn't believe it. I waited hours just for the NFL draft to get to pick number 23. And boom. Poof. Disappointment. Now they don't pick for another 14 picks until the the next day. And then they take a Division II guy. So, like. Yeah, then he goes (laughs) for Division II safety. (laughs) So, like, okay. I I'm not mad that they took they traded out of the first round because we knew there was so much talent in this draft. Just 
for my knowledge, I'm not a big draft guy, but like you knew this 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 draft was deep. So like if they really thought they get the and clearly they would they got the guy they wanted because they clearly was going to take this guy. If Bill did imagine, could you imagine if if they took this D two safety in the first round? Oh yeah. What the reaction would have been? It was already bad enough as it is taking him in the second round. Look, I think the Patriots did over well well in the draft. But I do too. Just, most years I don't watch it because you know you had Tom, you had all these, you, you didn't really care. Because some of these guys weren't going to be as big of an impact. But, like, this year, they had to fill a lot of holes. And you know what, Nick? They filled a lot of them in the draft. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Because last year's well, they defense— got, They got younger. Yeah. Last, so, last year's defense was one of the best in the NFL. But they slowed down. They were old. They were. I think they might have been. Were they the oldest defense in the league? Had to have been. I think they were. The oldest, if not one of the oldest defenses in the league. And— they had guys leave. They had Kyle Van Noy. He's out. They had Alandon Roberts. He's out. They had guys leave the team, and they had to fill those holes, and they have to focus on the future now. It's not mm-hmm. a rebuild because I still think they're going to be very competitive. I think there's a good chance they still won the division next year, but they had to rebuild the defense. They had to bring in guys, and I think getting these guys and bringing them in, and you, you just got you to hope they work out, and if they do work out, then you're building towards a future, and you're building towards what you had at the start of the 2000 season, the mm-hmm. 2000s, where they were a big defensive heavy team. And then hopefully Jared Stidham comes along and hopefully Jared Stidham develops into a guy that can be a franchise quarterback. Well, that's the thing is they're, they're going back to the pre Brady days. And this is, this is Belichick's coaching MO, right? Like when you have Brady, especially in his prime, you have to build around him. And that's what the under almost, that was what the undefeated season was, right? That was the, we're building around Brady. We're giving him weapons. We're not going to be good defensively because of it. It's really hard to have both. And you know Belichick, he'd prefer to be this way. And and it's a true comparison. Like, 08 to, to 2010, you kind of saw this rebuild on the fly when they got younger and quicker on defense. They're doing the same thing. I don't expect them to ever be bad. Like, they're, with Belichick coaching and, and drafting players and crafty owner, they're never going to be bad. Like, abysmal. Right. Um, it's not possible. Now, are they going to be an AFC championship birthright team anymore? No. God, no. But that was fun while it lasted. This team needs to be good on defense and quick. And like you and I were texting about this, even the nights of the draft, like they got younger on defense. They were already super young on offense. They didn't need to draft like six receivers. They're, and, like, they're already super young. They're on super offense. young on offense. They don't need, I mean like in the, they, they clearly have faith in Sidham after what they didn't do in quarterback. And they have Edelman, they have bird, they have Sanu, they have all these guys. Like they clearly trust what they have enough and they want to be defensive. They got Marquise, Lee. They got Marquise Lee, which I love. I think we both do. And, defensively they were so old and they lost so many like think about all the key free agent talk, talk we had about you know they, they lost all these guys they lost Harmon, they lost van Noy, they lost all the jamie collins again right so they needed to replace these guys it only made sense for them to get all these highly skilled athletic versatile players and the theme really was every defensive player they took it was super athletic can play multiple positions belichick will have a fun time with them like that's what he's going for he wants to be back in charge and have his defense play first that's it so who's your favorite draft pick? Favorite draft pick? Yes. Um, I really like the Asiasi pick. And I, yeah, I know, I know who you're gonna pick because I saw you, I saw you orgasm over this, over text and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, Asiasi is great for two reasons. One, his name is just fire. Um, and and this wasn't my thought, but like if he if he comes out and is good and scores a ton of touchdowns, we have to adopt like Asiasi, Asi, oi, 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 like you have to do it. Like there's no way around it. But I think he's he's a really good pass catching tight end for what I've read. Um, I think they both are, to be honest. Who's what's the Keen guy? They took right after yeah. him. Um, I think they're they're pretty both 
versatile in that sense, but I think Asiasi has more of the playmaking abilities, which they need. Um, look, they needed a tight end badly. They got two of them. Um, not good for Lacoste or those guys, but um, I, I think Asiasi is probably my top pick because they needed tight end badly, and he's one of the better ones out there. In in I mean, me and you both are admittedly guys who just don't really pay attention to college no, again, football too much. All the knowledge we're talking about right now, I've read. Like I, right, like I like this is football. Like this is post this is post college football, and I mean uh, this is post NFL draft. I love the Kyle Duggar pick, and again and like at that point, like I'm not gonna sit here and act like I knew who Kyle Duggar was when they when they drafted him. But no looking into him and seeing like the positive things people are saying, hey, he spent six years of college. I don't know what that means. He was hurt. He was redshirted. Whatever. He spent six mm-hmm. years of college. But my God, if you took somebody and said, who is the perfect Patriot? It might be this kid. This kid's 24 years old. He's a freak athlete. He's versatile. He can be a punt returner if you need him to be, especially in year one. If he might not start, you can use him as a punt returner. Yep. Jared, he's he's big. He's six he's, one. He's Patriot. Two hundred seventeen pounds. That's like bigger a, than he, both Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. And Patrick Chung's a big boy. Close to the kicker. Jeez. Yeah. Six foot one, two hundred seventeen pounds. A massive kid. He's smart. He was a physics major. And he built for his senior project, he built a it was football based, a laser timed forty yard dash machine. His senior yep. with two of his teammates. He's a potential replacement too. I mean, like we're talking about like fixing the the elderliness of this defense. He is probably the successor if he's good to Devin McCourty or Patrick Chung. And speaking of, I mean, you got Juwan Williams too that you drafted last year. You might have your two Ooh, successors. Made progress last year, up. by the way. Like yeah. he was good for what he did. I think this dude also like I think I, I for what I read again had no idea who he was. Um, definitely could be like at least a Pat Chung replacement um, in the box type safety. Um, Look, Patriots always do this. They draft guys you never heard of. Mel Kuyper's big boards never write with the Patriots because Patriots actually do their homework. Um, and they don't just flow with the top of the draft. Like, Belichick gets around. That's all he does is breathe this stuff. So I'm not going to crap on his Division II signing if he until I know otherwise. Um, look, he, he has history of not doing well in the draft, but defensively, I trust his gut more than offensively. And he basically drafted defensive players the whole night. So... I like the pick. I do. I'm not mad about it. At first, I was like, they really went D2 with their first pick of the draft? It made no sense. Like two nights later. But if they really want him and they really see value in the guy, then just take him. Like, you take the best player available for you and what you need, and clearly they saw value in him. I'm over it. Like, I don't care. People shut up. The uh, the, uh, the the kicker they drafted really caused a stir. Yeah, they did. Yeah, he did. I love it. Dude, this dude literally is wasn't the best kicker on the board by any means. And they just took him, and he has URI ties. He was a URI kicker. Yeah, uh, but for a you year know what I'm talking about tattoo? Oh, yeah. And he was like, I that's have no not, idea. Like, not, I'm not talking about his kicking ability. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, they needed He's a kicker. Like yeah. I mean, to be fair, he does have a leg. I think he'll do well. But do you believe him when he's like, I had no idea. Like, I'm getting rid of it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Thing, I don't know. Because, like, I want to believe him. And so far, and, I, and I've always gone with this. Like, I, I'm going to. I'm going to trust this guy until he gives me a reason not to. And we went to the, we had the same notion with like Antonio Brown last year. We were like, okay, he did this stuff with the Raiders. Let's see when he comes into the Patriots, if he changes his tune. Yep. But this guy having that tattoo and not doing the research. I mean, he said he was young when he got, he said he did a lot of his tattoos himself with a Sony, which is crazy, but yeah, but if 
if he did know what he was putting on his arm, that's a major red flag. But I mean, if he they didn't, cl- know, they, they clearly did his homework. I mean, they wouldn't have drafted him if there's any sign of this stuff. Like, right, right, right. And in, I mean, and I don't know. Like, me and you are kind of. We're, I mean, everybody is speaking out of the rest. The only guy who knows the truth about that is Damn. him. He's the only What's guy. His name again? To be honest, what's his name again? I don't even know how to pronounce. Like Rosenhauer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course we draft weird kicker names. Look, overall, this dude has like history, and I think the Patriots draft him in general because. He, remember he had that like 53 yard game winner field goal uh, with Marshall in the rain um, to win the game. And like, right. That's nails. Like yeah. this dude clearly can kick in bad weather. Look, dude, his, his picture looks like he could kill somebody too soon, I guess, for Aaron Hernandez. But like this guy isn't going to take shit from anybody as a kicker. Like he he's going to he's going to be your like stereotypical kickers or psychopaths. Like, I think that's what this guy's going to be. Yeah, and and obviously, like I like I want to know what's going on with with all the the tattoo stuff. But again, the only person who knows the truth there is him. So yeah. people are going to draw their own conclusions, but to be they're all ignorant conclusions. We do not know, and that's yeah. something that I think a lot of people have to understand. And what is this? What is this stigma that the Patriots are white suppress? Where did this come from? I'm we had Randy Moss. Uh, we had Josh Gordon. Right. We, we, we got Josh Gordon. Like, get over yourself, people. I don't know where this is. Got. I'm seeing people like Jamel Hill, which my God, Jamel. Hill. I liked her for a long time. Now I'm over I it. Like, too, but she's she's reaching now. And there's just I don't see where this is coming from. I didn't even know that there was an idea that the Patriots were white supremacists. I had no idea. Like when seriously. I started seeing people say that on Twitter, I was like, are we? Talking about the same football team? Where, like the New England Patriots, right? Did something sure. happen? <laughs> I didn't that did I don't we miss something. Are we sleeping in a are we sleeping under a rock for these quarantine days? Like what's going on here? What did yeah, we do? It, it was it was wild this weekend. It was wild. And again, I mean, we just we don't know. Nobody knows except for whatever the hell the kicker's name is. I'm not gonna try to pronounce it again. Nobody knows. People are freaking I out just, about them. No good. I was going to say, I'm just, I just got confused about the Patriots and white supremacy and how they're linked because I was like, I must have, did I miss something? I just was confused. I just had no idea where any of that came from. Well, this is the wonders of the NFL draft, to be fair. Everyone thinks they're an expert. And as soon as someone happens, like, oh, why did you draft that guy? Did you see what he did when he was a kid? Blah, blah, blah. Like, why are you drafting this dude? It's like, guys, you don't, you probably didn't even hear this dude's name until 10 seconds ago. Like, no one should be here pretending that they knew all about this guy's history before he got drafted by the Patriots. The um, Twitter mob is wild. The Twitter mob Twitter, will get mad at anything. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, look, I think people people were just shocked they took a kicker that early. Like, I wasn't. Like, they needed a kicker, and that's when they started going. So, like, I'm okay with it. But, like, people were so annoyed they didn't take a receiver. Like, the entire draft. Not and one like, receiver. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I know, it's, try, I know he's not Tom Brady anymore, but, like, wow. One of the deepest receiver classes we've seen in so long. You don't draft a single one. Not one of them. Like, and you had some solid receivers there, even at the end of the draft. Yeah. Like for what? Again, for what we know here, we're not a draft show. But like, there were some solid receivers still left at the end of that draft that you just let your opponents get. And I'm like, guys, I know you. This isn't Tom Brady anymore, but Sidney needs somebody to throw the ball to. Can we? Can we get him some young help besides like Sanu and? I mean, granted, they did. And Belichick said this because someone asked him, like, why didn't you draft a receiver? They're like, well, we spent a first round pick last year on Nikhil Harry. Can we let him play a little bit before we draft more talent? Like, yeah. I get that. Totally get that. I think Nikhil Harry is going to have a huge year this year because now he's not playing with Brady. 
him and Stidham have a good rapport. Jacoby Myers, I think, is going to be back for a big year this year because him and Stidham get along really well. So I get why the Patriots went defense first, but, I mean, they signed a ton of receivers after the draft that are all good potential still. Something else I noticed, uh, speaking of Bill and, and drafting just in general. That his dog drafted half the draft picks? Yeah, sure. Yes. Nobody hated being on camera more than Bill Belichick. Every oh, time, despised it. Every time the camera was on the Patriots uh, group, he was gone. He was not in his seat. He was like, "Fuck this!" I couldn't even imagine him setting up the camera or having NFL people come into his house to set up the camera. He was probably like, "What the fuck, guys? Get out yeah. of here!" If anyone hates this version of the draft more, it's it's Bill Belichick. Like he's the one that hates it probably the most. Andy, remember Andy Reid? Like that first night. He looked like he was living in like a dorm room because he had the camera like probably hooked up to his laptop in like the corner of his little office. And I'm like, dude, you're basically sitting in like you look like you're sitting in like a, a dorm room single apartment at University of like New Hampshire or something like literally didn't know where he was. And then the next night he did that. And Vrabel, oh, dude, Vrabel night one, his draft party. Great. Just great. Um, Do you think they made a mistake by not drafting a quarterback? Uh, no, it just shows me that they have faith in Stidham. Right. That's, and that's, that's what I was going to say. That was my main point. If anything, that just speaks so loud that they think Jared Stidham is the guy. The biggest winner of the Patriots draft probably is Stidham. Like they didn't, they brought in Brian Hoyer, who's not going to start over Stidham. That'd be stupid. And yeah, they drafted, they brought in some guys afterwards, like some quarterbacks. Louisiana like, Tech. Yeah. Some guys, whatever. Some dude doesn't even throw the ball with the laces, like whatever. No one's going to be – none of those guys are going to be without Stidham. Stidham's been in the system. He knows the offense, and he's good. So you know what? Stidham's now basically got the confidence. All right, unless I screw this up royally, I'm going to go in as a number one. I'm going to earn the trust. I'm going to build the relationship, and I'm going to be the guy starting the season. That's it. And that right, clearly and, and reflects like, because they had so many chances to take Jake Fromm. They had that's what so they have many chances. Options. Multiple chances, even, and even late, like right before the Bills took him. Like eight picks before the Bills took him. Patriots could have took him. They didn't. They took like another linebacker or something. Okay. Cool. You could have taken Jake, Jake Fromm in the fifth round. Wouldn't have even mattered if they if he flamed out. Didn't take him. Right then and there, I knew. Stidham. That's the biggest. That's the biggest. That's the biggest part of this uh, not drafted quarterback is to me because they had options. They had Jacob Fromm. They had Jacob Easton, Easton, and they could have picked one of them, like you said, late. And if they didn't, if they ended up just being backups, well, you drafted them that late in the draft. That's probably where a backup's going to be. So it yeah. didn't really matter. But the fact that they had the opportunity to do it and take a guy late with decent value at that point, they had the chance. They didn't do it. So that says, hey, guys, Jared Stidham's our guy. And guess what? He's going to be the quarterback this year. Yeah. And then between that and then after the draft, when they signed um, Hastings, his his former slot yeah. receiver from Auburn, like, and I know you want to talk about him too. Dude, he's his former slot receiver. He's basically the next Edelman, like in terms of like what he is. You got Stidham and Stidham's guy. Him and Stidham had a good relationship and like report Auburn for what they were. That's a confidence booster right there. I guarantee you Hastings makes the team just because of that. They're building they're building this team for Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's the next guy, and they've made it so crystal clear to us. If anybody looks at this team, like all the national guys, like Stephen A, who doesn't know football anyway, and like Max Kellerman, like all those guys who look at this team and go, you don't trust Stidham. How can Stidham be the next guy? How do you know that, guys? Like, you, you don't, Nobody, you've never yeah, seen him play, don't. and he was a highly touted prospect coming out of high school before he got stuck he went to Auburn and then the system didn't help him like people forget that this dude is actually pretty talented and if you just watch what Bill Belichick's doing to build this team post Brady all signs are pointing to Sims our guy let's build around him and then build a defense 
And I saw somebody tweet, too. If Jared Stidham was in this year's NFL draft, he probably would have gone first round. Oh, 100%. Because after, I think he would have been probably beat out Herbert. Yeah. Oh, probably. Like, so you look at the draft. It just depends on the year. And this year, he would have been a first-round pick. He's got the talent, and now he's in the right system. I think McDaniels is going to have a blast with Stidham because now he finally has a quarterback that's mobile. Do you have anything else before we wrap? No. Oh, that uh, what's the guy from Miami? Um, what's his name? The, that's what I mean, the receiver you wanted to talk about. Yeah, Jeff Thomas out of Miami. That dude can play for what, again, for my knowledge. Um, if you watch his like YouTube highlight videos, and I know they all look great, but like some of the catches he made and the speed that guy has, the only reason why he didn't get drafted apparently is off the field stuff. And if Belichick can rein that in, then you have a guy in Thomas who apparently has like second round talent if he didn't have off the field issues um, and got kicked because he got kicked out of the program at Miami. So if he doesn't have those issues, which Miami's got to do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, it's a, it's a shot in the dark, but again, they didn't t- use a draft pick on the guy. If he comes in and flames out, it's fine. But if he comes in and actually plays and can ball out, then take him over like bird or something. And you have a guy now that has super amount of freakish talent for not even wasting a draft pick on him. All right, Cows Guys Sports Podcast, 154. Uh, RIP Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Is he actually dead? Do we know that now? I do. I don't know. I don't know if Kim Jong-un's dead. I got to know if Kim Jong-un's dead. Botched heart surgery. If he's if he's playing with us right now, this is an epic prank. I mean, Amazing. he's 28 days uh, late right now. 28 days late on April Fool's. But, I mean, if Kim Jong-un's dead, that is wild. I don't even know how their dictatorship works. I don't even know who would be next in line. But Kim Jong-un, uh, apparently not doing great, could be dead. Who knows? Rumor has it that he's dead. Uh, TMZ had that, which was when TMZ reports that you're dead, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah, I don't care. TMZ's got it. TMZ, I don't know. How the hell do you get a report? How does TMZ get a report that the North Korean dictator is dead? I don't know. TMZ's on lock, though. That's great. I love. They got no a report CNN. They got They've a, got anybody. sources everywhere. It was great. All right, Couch Guys Sports Podcast, 154 in the books. Guys, rate and subscribe on iTunes. You do not understand how much that helps the podcast. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Views keep going up there, so guys, keep that going. Also, Manscaped.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Manscaped. Use promo code COUCHGUY20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Again, that is COUCHGUY20. And follow us on everything, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, including the podcast as well on Twitter. Nick Qualia. Jared Scally, Couch Guy Sports Podcast, 154 in the books. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for watching. Oh, wait, shit.